Jesus expects us to follow his example. I have set an example for you so that you will do just what I have done for you. I've had the privilege of being involved in different uh, foot washing services throughout my life and different contacts, different churches, different denominations, different ways of uh, doing that um, symbolic foot washing service. And uh, when Jesus tells us about this, uh, when, when the Bible tells us about Jesus doing this foot washing, uh, he said that he was setting this as an example of the kind of relationship we're supposed to have with each other and the world around us. And it's a, in John's Gospel, it's a bigger part of the communion service. In John's Gospel, he just mentions that they had the bread and the wine <coughs> that, <coughs> that as, a, uh, as they had their Passover meal, and then he elaborates on this part of the, of the service they shared, the, the uh, foot-washing part of their experience. And for many people, uh, the gospel and everything that Jesus did gets marginalized somehow as something that's unattainable, something that we... It was only to make us look bad, you know. Only to show how good that God is, and and and, and, and it does show that. But but that's not all it is. Sometimes we have a tendency to think, well, Jesus did that, but I'm not. I can't. I'm not even supposed to try. But Jesus said he was doing this as an example of what he wants us to do and expects us to do as his followers. And so uh, I would like to reflect today on one of the meaningful foot washing services I participated on. And as you share that reflection, uh, perhaps it will touch you in the way it's uh, touched me. Several decades ago, many, more than several, but about 40 years ago, uh, I had the privilege of living for a couple of years on the family farm in Tennessee where my father's mother grew up. And her father had three jobs there. And, and, and so my great-grandfather was a blacksmith in the community and he was a fireman on the railroad and he was a preacher. And so I got to meet some of the people who were my you know, grandparents' age who still remembered my great-grandfather. <coughs> and they told me stories about him and everything, and so that was pretty neat. And to live in that community and to worship sometimes with the people that uh, my great-grandfather and my grandmother and my grandparents had worshipped with. <clears throat> and so they had a, the smaller churches in the community of that denomination had a tabernacle that they 
shared. And whenever they had a communion service, they would meet up at the tabernacle from all the different churches. And there would be a whole lot of people. It was like an open-air auditorium. And they would have a lot of singing and a lot of preaching and a lot of food for the dinner on the grounds. Then a lot more singing and a lot more preaching. A lot more singing. <laughs> Lots of singing. In fact, you know, I've told this story about how every once in a while I've said about this lady that that requested for Brother Billy to sing in the garden. And that's where that was. And I still don't know whether she meant, you know, <laughs> sing the hymn in the garden or to go outside and sing in the garden. But uh, that's where that was. And so... Uh, as we gathered for communion and uh, after the meal and after a lot of singing and a lot of preaching, then we shared the bread and the wine. And then the way they did it was <clears throat> everybody separated the men to one side and the women to the other for a modesty. And they passed out basins of water and towels and then we each took turns getting down on our knees and bathing each other's feet. And it was, it's one of the most emotional spiritual times, experiences of my life to be aware with these people that I had learned to respect and love, that we worked side by side with, that we worshiped with, that we struggled with, that we went through things in the community with. And people I looked up to getting down on their knees and washing my feet. And I thirst. And so along with the singing came a little shouting. And a lot of people hugging each other's necks and weeping in each other's arms as all this was brought up, as the, the love and the experiences together and all this washed through the crowd during, through our hearts and minds while we symbolically washed each other's feet. And you know, it's hard to think that you could uh, have that kind of experience with somebody and then go outside and not let them even more, and then come back together before it all wore off and do it all over again. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about our time here of passing the peace, when we shake each other's hands and hug each other and smile at each other and talk to each other and remind each other of the love that we share. As Mitch said, it just swells in the room. I love that way you said that in your prayer. And so then we, as we, we kind of melted back together, all the people back to their places and singing some more. You know, it's in this Bible passage, the disciples shared that experience in a small group with Jesus being the one to wash their feet. And you can kind of get a little bit of a sense of that when you think about 
somebody you look up to, somebody you love, somebody you respect, humbling themselves to wash your feet. And they got up from that place and they went outside and they talked about what they couldn't help but talk about. They talked about heaven. They talked about love. And they sang hymns, the Bible says. They made their way out to where Jesus would be arrested and give himself up for us. And Jesus, in this room before they left, he said, I've done this to set an example for you. That what I've been doing, all of it really, I mean to symbolize all these things I've been doing, all the ways I've been loving you, all the ways I've been showing you God's love. That's what I expect you to do for each other and for the world around you. And then he gave that commandment. And, uh, you know, the lectionary reading for today, I think, tells about when Jesus elevated the great commandment and said the greatest is that you love God and love one another. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the gospel and the prophets. In this walk out towards Gethsemane after the foot washing, Jesus gave his commandment. He said that you love one another as I have loved you. It's it's so wonderful, isn't it, to think about that Jesus has given us an example and invited us to love one another the way that he has loved us. And that he expects us to do that. And that's not something for us to wish we could do, but something for us to learn how to do. Like the song said, teach us how to love one another. Lift us to the joy of God. So one of the songs that they told me was my great-grandfather's favorite song then had become my favorite, one of my favorites. Life's Railway to Heaven. And it's about keep your hand upon the throttle and your eye upon the rail. And this is the chorus. Blessed Savior, Thou wilt guide us till we reach the blissful shore where the angels wait to join us in Thy praise forevermore. Blessed Savior, Thou wilt guide us till we reach the blissful shore where the angels wait to join us in thy praise forevermore. Blessed Savior, thou wilt guide us till we reach the blissful shore where the angels wait to join us in thy praise One more thought as we close. Um, yesterday I saw where Mitch had um, shared a picture uh, on the internet, and I shared it. Jesus knew Judas's heart and still washed his feet. Christ invites us to love each other 
Christ invites our family and friends to love each other. Christ invites the world to love each other. That way, right now, in the name of Jesus, amen.